0: This message was presented at the GYC 2017 conference, Arise, in Phoenix, Arizona. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.
1: Good morning. My name is Pastor Doug Van. And uh, welcome to the 21st uh, century challenges and God's plan for the cities. And right now I'd like to start early uh, as a bonus session because we have uh, two years worth of material to go through in only uh, a few moments. So with that, let's bow our heads and pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for this gift of time that we have to come and reflect on your ultimate plan here at the end of time, to go to the cities, the essential work of this time. And so forgive us as a uh, a faith family for neglecting and being allergic to city work. And so during this time, I just ask that your Holy Spirit guide us so that way we can see your plan and your call for the cities. This is my prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I serve as the, at the General Conference with the Global Mission Urban Center. And from that platform, I then coordinate uh, one of our initiatives for the General Conference called Mission to the Cities. And if, with Mission to the Cities, it's a chance where we are following Christ's way of working the cities, as it says in Ministry of Healing, that there is, we are to, uh, on page 143, that we are to come close and work with the people on a personal level, and that what is needed for this time is a new view of God's and his grace and love. And so from that platform, we then follow Christ's method alone of mingling with the people, sympathizing, of ministering to needs, of winning confidence, and then inviting people to come follow uh, me, come follow Christ and uh, in that discipleship process. From our global mission platform, we are most interested in working together with every ministry, every department of the uh, Adventist family in a way that will then Ultimately, result in starting new groups of believers. Amen. So, we follow Christ's plan of ministering to needs, but then we are always thinking about kingdom expansion. Amen. And that kingdom expansion is just like what happened in the New Testament when new groups were, uh, of believers were popped up where? In the Amen. cities. Amen. Okay, so this is where, right now, today, uh, during this workshop, you're going to hear from the streets of North America. And so I'm so honored uh, to uh, have some of my friends. Uh, from we're going to hear from the team from Northern New England first. Then we're going to hear from uh, the, the Northern New England Conference. Then we're going to hear from the Pennsylvania Conference, their Urban Center of Influence. And then we're going to hear from Upper Columbia Conference. But before. Uh, right now, at GYC's request, before we get started into that seminar, I wanted to introduce you to a dear friend, and her name is Teen Nielsen, and she is uh, coming from the uh, Office of Volunteer Services, or Adventist Volunteer Services, and Teen, I just wanted to introduce you to her. If you would like to uh, connect with any of these ministries or maybe there's other ministries that you would like to find out on what are the opportunities uh, for service and uh, you can come to our booth and talk to team and sign up there at Adventist volunteer and that way you can find those direct calls that are uh, available now or If you are like uh, the team in uh, Northern New England Conference or Pennsylvania Conference or Upper Columbia Conference, maybe you're coming from that perspective. And you need volunteers. You need professionals. You need urban missionaries. You can also talk to teen about having a call to make that need known. And that platform and so that's where uh, teen is a uh, is a dear friend and you'll love to get to know her so stop by the booth or stop by the website Adventist volunteers uh, Adventist volunteers.org so yes. thank you team yes. uh, I gave you a short handout uh, That's my time is up. And so, uh, my propaganda is on the handout, so uh, you can uh, get that. So we're gonna invite uh, Northern England to come forward. How we're going to divide this seminar up is that at uh, each of the three ministries, uh, Urban Mission, Uh, settings have a unique contribution that's different but it's part of the beautiful plan that christ has outlined for us in the spirit of prophecy and so from that i want you to be thinking a 360 degree um, view here because each one has a beautiful uh, part of that and that's why i've uh, invited them to come and share today so pastor ted huskins is the executive secretary of the northern new england conference tony And then where is, ah, here we go, and here is Natalie. And so we're gonna hear from them, thank you.
2: Thank you, Pastor Vin. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Pastor Vin introduced me as the Executive Secretary of the Northern New England Conference, and that's true. But I am not from Northern New England. I am a missionary to Northern New England. I am originally from Western North Carolina. I've been in Northern New England a little over four years now. And uh, my wife and I came literally to be missionaries. We live in a little town uh, called Kennebunkport, Maine. Uh, Maybe you've heard of Kennebunkport. It is the summer residence of George and Barbara Bush. Um, In the little town that I live in, there are five churches. One is now a condominium. One is a museum. One is an art gallery. This one that you see on the screen, Aquaholics is a surf and uh, wakeboard shop. Um, That's just down the street from my house. So four of the five churches in my little town are no longer churches. The fifth one is is a church. It's a small Baptist church. That's the five churches that are in my town. And that's not unique to Northern New England because we are the most post-Christian, post-modern segment of the entire United States. We are the domestic mission field. Just to give you um, a picture of what that looks like. um, George Barna's uh, organization did research on it. And um, there, the dots you see on the screen are the 10 most post-Christian cities in America. Uh, Number one on the list is Portland, Auburn, Greater Portland, Maine. Number one on the list 57% of people self-identify as post-Christian. Number two on the list is Boston, Manchester, New Hampshire. That's also in my conference. 56% of people self-identify as post-Christian. Number five on the list is Burlington, Vermont. 53% post-Christian. Those are the three major population centers in the Northern New England Conference, and we're all within the top five. All, almost all of the dots you see on that map are in the Northeast, New York, and New England. Only Seattle, Washington, and San Francisco, California make the top 10. Wow. We are the gates of hell in northern New England. Wow. We are the gates of hell. And what exactly is a post Christian? A post Christian is someone who hasn't gone to church in six months, except for a wedding or a funeral. A post-Christian is someone who doesn't read the Bible. A post-Christian is someone who's not sure they believe in God or not. They either self-identify as atheist or agnostic. A post-Christian is someone who probably doesn't believe in the inerrancy of scripture. A post-Christian is someone who doesn't believe in the virgin birth. And they are my neighbors. They are Tony's neighbors. They are Natalia's neighbors. We meet them every day and they are far from God. And we have a passion um, to reach these people. Unfortunately, most of us as Seventh-day Adventist Christians have a Judeo-Christian biblical worldview. And we come into all of our relationships with a Judeo-Christian worldview. And then on top of that, we add a layer of what I call Adventist culture. We have our own food. We have our own clothing. We have our own language. And we take all of this in, and we start, we, we the way we dress, the way we talk, the way we eat, and we start talking, and their faces glaze over because they think we have just dropped in from Mars. <laughs> and so because of that, our churches are in northern New England, which are, for the most part, small churches, rural churches. Um, they don't... Um, they don't understand how to talk the language and how to relate to people with purple hair and 500 piercings and tattoos and um, that, that come from just a totally different worldview. Not only are they post-Christian, but they're post-modern. And I'm not going to get into that. If you want to know what post-modern is, come to my booth and talk to me about it. Um, it's a totally different worldview. It's not bad. It's just different. And we have to learn how to speak the language and talk Amen. to these people. Amen. And the only way that we're going to be successful in doing it is, is through centers of influence and planting churches that will understand and reach these people. And so we are looking for church planters who will come in almost as if with the mindset, I'm going to a foreign country, I'm going to learn the culture, I'm going to understand the people. And I'm going to mingle with them, and I'm going to I'm going to seek their good. I'm going to be friends with them, whether they become a Seventh Day Adventist Christian or not. If, if it takes years, I'm going to be their friend, and I'm going to love them, and I'm going to model Christ to them. And that's what we're that's what we're looking for. Um, so we are forming centers of influence. We are planting churches. Our uh, first center of influence started about six years ago, and. Um, Tony Kafori is uh, with us. He is the uh, executive director of that Center of Influence. And um, Tony is going to talk to you a little bit about what we've done and what it looks like.
3: Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. God's God's very good. Can I have the clicker, though? (laughs) You don't need it. Gotcha. Praise the Lord. So, First of all, I have to tell you, um, I'm really excited to be here and I can tell you reaching the streets is really working because I'm new to the SDA. In fact, uh, six years ago I never even heard of the SDA, I had no clue what that was, you know. It was a prophecy seminar and I'm very grateful that I can share that God is definitely working. Um, So one thing I wanted to, to mention to start off with is What is the purpose of a center of influence? Really think about this, because it's actually modeled after the gospel from Jesus Christ. The purpose of a center of influence ministry is to meet people where they're at. Does that sound familiar when we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? How did Jesus approach people? Where they were at that moment. Today, he met them where they're at. And it's just really neat to think about that that before he even introduced spiritualism, or not spiritualism, but as far as you know, the gospel, he healed people how? physically, Amen. before, spiritually. Amen. And that's the purpose of a center of influence as we are to mingle with people, reach out to people, where they're at, to build those relationships. That way we can introduce them to their creator who loves them. Praise the Lord. So again, the purpose of a center of influence is to meet people where they're at. And you know what? Six years ago, people met me where I was at. I'm not going to tell you those stories, but praise the Lord, we had some patient people. So some of the cool things that we do at the center of influence, we're modeled after the beehive. A lot of people have heard of that. Uh, We're a vegan cafe um, during the lunch hours. And just so you know, I'm going to put a a little plug out there. You can see the the website, lewisonarc.com. We are looking for a professional chef. So if you know of somebody, somebody that has some experience, um, please come see our booth, as Ted had mentioned. Uh, But some of the health classes, really neat. Again, the beautiful thing about the center of influence is when you go to them, they're never the same every community is different so it's very important um, that we study the community what their needs are and meet those needs for example growing up in Maine I like to fish I don't eat the fish but I like to fish (laughs) and uh, you know Lyme disease is huge in Maine from tick bites so we have a Lyme support group that's a very powerful um, focus group that we have we have health consultations, how to reverse diseases naturally instead of pushing pills. All I could be here all day explaining all the different types of courses that we have. We have Bible studies. Um, but praise the Lord, I just want to sh- share that God is definitely, definitely working. So the results of this um, center of influence that started about six years ago is um, in the last year, God is moving so much that we have planted a church at the center of influence. Amen. I can tell you from the area that we are in, as Ted had mentioned, it's very secular, there's a lot of people that are uncomfortable, that feel unworthy of sitting in a booth at church. But they feel comfortable in a safe environment with people who just love them. And it's, I tell you, it's a, it's a treasure when you get to work with these people. And again, I used to be one of those people, so praise the Lord. But we've chur- uh, planted a church... And before Ted comes back up here, one point I don't want you to miss this. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit right now is tremendous. Um, I can tell you I've been there for about three years now. And God's always been present. But the last five months, I can tell you I've seen things happen. Like God is moving. Books are flying off our shelves. When they would normally just kind of sit in the corner, maybe every now and then somebody would take one. Bible studies, people are coming in while they're eating, asking for Bible studies. This has never happened until about five months ago. And a lot of you guys are familiar with the Johnson Amendment. God's holding the winds back because it's being threatened for church and state, but he's waiting for us to be ready. Well, I'm going to have Ted come up here and preach the rest of
2: that. So we are really, really excited about what God's doing. Um, the uh, Ark and the Olive Branch Cafe has been a tremendous success. Tony is a unicorn. He is so rare to find someone um, who, who, who has come out of a, a secular environment and, and is a fully devoted disciple believer of Jesus Christ. And um, we're there, there are so many young people in northern New England that are just looking for answers. They're interested in spirituality, but they're not interested in the way we traditionally package church. Amen. And so we're approaching them in different ways. We're starting with our centers of influence. We're starting with home-based church plants uh, where we're we're, we're taking and, and entering the culture that people have. Amen. And so we're looking for people who are not afraid to get messy, Amen. who's not afraid to get messy because wherever the Holy Spirit is poured out it's a little messy. And whenever you're dealing with unchurched, post-Christian, post-modern people who are far from God, it's a little bit messy. And if you're willing to be friends with that type of person and come to God, it will be life-changing. Not just for them, but for you. Um, Part of our our research in doing this, um, we went to the Netherlands. Western Europe is the only place on the planet more post-Christian than Northern New England. So we went to the Netherlands, talked with Pastor Rudy there. They've been doing church planting in Western Europe for 20 years, trying to reach a post-Christian, post-modern world. And um, Rudy told me that the church amongst indigenous Danes would be dead had they not done church planting 20 years ago. It would be dead. There would be immigrant Adventists who would still be there, but the church amongst indigenous people would be dead. And that's what we're up against in northern New England. I went to some of those church plants and I interviewed the planters about what's working, what's not working, what recommendations they had for us. And I went to this one church home group on a Wednesday night. They met on a Wednesday night. There were twenty young adults in a circle. and. Part of what they do every week is they they tell their story of the week. They tell their story. And for mine and my wife's benefit, they went around the circle and they told their life story in about five minutes apiece. And person after person said, I was an atheist. Mm -hmm. I was agnostic. I was raised in a non-Christian home. I didn't know God. One lady said, "I I was raised in the Catholic church. I was abused by a Catholic priest. And I, I, I vowed that I would never set foot in a church again. My father abused me. I vowed that I would never step foot in a church again. She said, my neighbor kept bugging me until I finally came to this, this group. And they sang a song, and the song was called, He's a Good, Good Father. And she said, I wept because all my life I've been needing and looking for a good, good father who would love me. And she said, I've never left. I've never left. And person after person shared their story. And Cindy and I got back into our car and we sat there and we cried. And we said, God, there are so many of those people in northern New England. They're far from you. They don't know what they're missing. They don't don't even know they need you. But God, we need you. And so today, we need you. If you want to make a difference with your life that will impact the population of heaven for eternity, come to northern New England come to Spokane, Washington, come to Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. and you make a difference with your life, you will never regret it, I promise you. Sorry about that.
1: (laughs) Wasn't that stirring? Thank you, Northern England team, for sharing uh, how God is working there. (laughs) All right. We'll now go to uh, Pennsylvania and we're we're honored to have Andrew Carroll here uh, from the team, and we're going to hear on how God has been working at their urban center of influence called Simplicity. All right,
4: any moment now. Is it doing something?
0: Do do do. Oh,
4: there's a button for that. Okay. Just one moment, we did not practice this part. Continue. Well, my name is Andrew, I am from Pennsylvania. I'm, I'm living in Allentown, Pennsylvania right now. And um, let's see, is this... Uh, just, uh, do we need to switch to VGA input on the slide projector? I work with a ministry called Simplicity Outreach. We are a center of influence, like you've heard about before. Uh, We're working in the city of Allentown, and uh, I'm glad to be here uh, to tell you about the the model of ministry that we're using. And I'm so excited because this is my first time to meet some of my kindred spirits here. I've heard so much about you guys. Um, We're friends with a lot of the same people, but we've never crossed paths. So. Um, hit the presentation button. So today I'm going to be talking about the Ephesus model. It is the model of ministry that we've developed, the, uh, the theoretical side of things that we are then implementing with our ministry called Simplicity Outreach. So I just want to go through this really quickly. There's so much, and I'll give you some more information on how you can get uh, the whole the whole package and learn more about this. Uh, so. Uh, the Ephesus model is a corporate model of God's plan for urban ministry and strive from four sources, from the Bible, the work of Jesus, the ministry of Paul, the spirit of prophecy, and the history of the Adventist church. So when the cities are worked as God would have them, the result will be the setting and operation of a mighty movement such as we have not yet witnessed. And we can go through all these points and see that this is something that will happen. It's definite. It's just, are we going to be a part of it? Are we going to choose to be a part of it ourselves yes. and capitalize on the Holy Spirit? Amen. So the Haskell's uh, New York work is an example. Uh, Brother Haskell, the Lord has given you an opening in New York City, and your mission work there is to be an example of what mission work in other cities should be. So you can read more about it. You can go on the website and find uh, more information, and it's a great uh, example to read about uh, this these, uh, this committed couple who uh, wanted to bring the gospel to uh, New York City. Amen. So they did a comprehensive and well-articulated city campaign. They did house-to-house work, Bible studies, evangelism, health services. They had a restaurant, hydro, uh, hydropathic treatment rooms, lectures, so on and so forth. So God works by means of instruments or second causes. He uses the gospel ministry, medical missionary work, and publications. And those things are highlighted down there. Gospel ministry, medical missionary work, and our publications. These are God's agency. One is not to supersede the other. So as a church, we need to be working together to bring all three of these things into concert so that we're not competing for funding. We're not competing for uh, visual uh, identity, but the canvassing needs to be just as important as the restaurants and the publishing and our gospel tracts and our Bible studies. They all need to be equally emphasized. So there's some history. You can look into the history of the church and see where we have been. There, the church at one time was such uh, We're so well-versed in city ministry, and we've largely forgotten that. We've lost that steam. So please, I urge you, look into the history to discover what has been lost. Uh, this presentation is available on our website. we will say that. But the, the important quote from this slide is that in every city, there should be a city mission. That will be a training school for workers. So we've already talked about uh, urban centers of influence. Uh, now, uh, this is kind of cutting edge because we, we took a look at it and we said, it's not just Centers of influence, but we need to actually train people so that they can know how to set up a center of influence. So the people who need to be trained in order to train other people. This is this is how new it is. This is how much we've forgotten. Amen. So at the heart of the city or the population center, there is the mission center, the the training center. So uh, for so in this. Uh, in every city, there should be a core of organized, well disciplined workers, not merely one or two, but scores should be set to work. Amen. So, in a city population of 50,000 or more, that leaves the United States with about 758. Um, so, scores 20, scores a minimum of 40. So, you can start to see just how important this is and how many people need to be devoted to this mission work. So, to have every 40 workers in each of those 700, and fifty-eight, so thirty thousand plus organized, well-disciplined workers.
1: Amen.
4: But in the world, there's over ten thousand plus, uh, hundred thousand plus population centers, and all those little black dots represent those places where there's that much population that we need to be going to these places to to preach about Jesus. Amen. So. Looking within this model of ministry, there are five basic structures. You have your advanced placement team, uh, aka Aquila and Priscilla, if you can read about them in Acts 18. There's a leadership team. There's recruitment, uh, training, uh, equipping, equipping the local uh, disciples and mentoring the people in the church, establishing that training or mission school, and then finally a church plant. So there, there's a definite process to this. This is not is not we're just taking a stab in the dark and going out there and saying, oh, I think I'll open a vegan restaurant. You know, there, God wants us to have a definite plan of action how we do things. The world, the world does things in a very organized fashion. You look at a business model of any kind, and in order to succeed, people know that they need to have a plan. And so God is just as equally organized. He invented organization, so why shouldn't we be organized too? Amen. So Paul did this, he had a, his own place of mission where people could learn to be the hands of Christ. I'm just gonna skip around. So that quote again, in every city there should be a city mission that will be a training school for workers. So we have our mission center. From there we have our, uh, spring up the urban centers of influence. So this will be your community centers, uh, your home churches, your food stores, your restaurants, your schools, etc. Uh, from there we have our church plants where people can learn to be the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. So there's the church plant, how that fits into there. And now eventually that church plant turns into an urban church, an established place, and we can create more church plants. Yeah. So it's this is how it multiplies. So when we read in the book of Acts and how the, at first we see that the church was added to, and then later we read that the church was multiplied. Yeah. And so this is how it happened. People Naturally, created relationships because what we're doing here is we're creating an ecosystem of ministry of multiple contact points. So it's not just that people go to church once a week, but they go to a restaurant and oh, you guys are Adventist and you love Jesus. Oh, well, I'm going over here to uh, the, the community center and then I want to help other people. And there's a point there. So all these different contact points, so that. Sabbath is just the icing on the cake, and then you can come to church and ready to tell people, wow, I can't believe how God moved in this person's life, and my heart is touched. And it's, There's just so many stories I can share. So to get a broad, a broad picture, so let's say that this puzzle is uh, a city and its surrounding area. So the green parts would be what, what's going on inside the city. The blue parts would be the rural areas, or what's going on maybe in your country churches. So that's why everything is green here. This is what's going on inside the city. So then outside of the city, we have our wellness centers, the places where you go to uh, relax, rejuvenate, and heal, your rural churches, our schools, and our outpost centers, so things like sanitariums, publishing houses, and schools. So we can start to see how everything that Mrs. White wrote about in this model of ministry Fits together. It's a comprehensive plan that God wants uh, to put in our minds, so that we know there is something definite we need to do here. This is just a general list of how those everything fits into that category. So we have inside the city. We have our restaurants. We have an urban training school, a community center, urban churches, our church plants, food stores, and you get an idea. This is this is comprehensive. So, to see a practical application of this, I want to take you to the ministry that I'm involved with called Simplicity Outreach. And the name simply comes from when Paul talks about the simplicity of Christ. And it's kind of cool because you have city in there and it works out really well. Praise God. So we've had 13 young adult missionaries come through our doors uh, from other programs, from other experiences, some of them pastors, some of them just Bible workers. Um, but through it all, uh, we started working with our local church. We didn't have a permanent location that people could come to, and that, that was really our goal. So, But we started out just surveying the community, finding out what people needed. We wanted to actually see what people wanted, not that we would push something on them, but find out what people in your communities need so that you can be a help to them. Oh, well, I, I need uh, childcare for my children, and uh, it's just so busy working, and how, how can you relieve somebody's stress? Because when you relieve somebody's stress, you're helping them to heal. Yes. Uh, we worked with a local, another local Christian community center. We didn't have a place of our own, so we found a place that was already operating, and we helped them out for a little bit. Uh, there's a food bank that they have. Uh, we helped with the homeless ministry, uh, serving food to them, helping them move in. And we finally were able to get a place of our own, where we could uh, be a permanent place, a, a permanent fixture in the city. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, to tell people about Jesus. So some of our programming there includes uh, our kids' church. We have a monthly. At one time, we did it every week, but. Uh, you really have to plan, and if, because we were running short on staff, we decided to go once a month. So you, you choose what you can do how you, to make an impact on your community. Uh, a vacation Bible School program. We've done so many things. There's just a list of, of all these things that we've done, and they've all been successful. It's just whether we've decided to continue them and to have the proper staffing. There's basically anything that you want to do, is, it can be successful. It's just how willing are you to continue that, uh, to make it go forward, to see how long it lasts. We did some gardening. There's a little gardening plot down the street from our community center that we got involved with. We went around to people's homes and planted flowers. Homework help, uh, helping the children in the community with their homework. Uh, One year we had a a children's choir. Kids' uh, Christmas program. Uh, Actually, we just had this and there were 30 plus kids. We got a company from the local community to sponsor, and they've been doing it for the last couple of years. But they were able to sponsor us and actually do like a kind of like an angel tree type of thing, where the employees uh, bought gifts and then they all brought them to our center, and the kids received Christmas gifts that maybe may may not have had um, a merry Christmas. But all through this, uh, probably one of our Pinnacle uh, of our our center of influence was that we were able, from that experience with the children, we were able to open up Simplicity Christian Academy, and I'm the bus driver, so it (laughs) operates it operates very much like a mission school uh, would overseas. The children get to come for free; they get a free Christian education, and uh, it's sponsored uh, by generous donations from people. So um, a word on that a little bit later, but it's great because I get to work with the kids. I see them every day and tell them, you know we get to talk about issues and things that they're going through. For adults and families, we have a free day program where we get to give out bread donations, clothing donations. We've had health programming programs in the past. Youth groups. Uh, ESL is a big one because it's largely uh, Puerto Rican and Dominican population group an exercise class. Uh, And then obviously our church programs, our our Bible study, uh, Sabbath mornings. Of course, Bible studies. And it's always wonderful to to study with the children when they're interested. And then of course, baptisms that have come out. Uh, Ivan here, he is, uh, he came in because he was volunteering with us. Uh, A group had come in and, and he saw that Oh, well, I like volunteering with you guys. You guys are at church? Well, I want to get baptized. So we started to study with him. It was, it was easy as that. He came to us. We hardly had to do anything. But it was worth it was worth it because now he's coming faithfully and learning how to, to be an influence in his community. So the why part of this, the mystery of God, Paul talks about it in Ephesians 3, 8 through 11. Although I am less and least of, the, of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery which from ages past has, uh, was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms according to His eternal purpose. That he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what does that mean? The manifold wisdom of God is his character. It's his love. What does God want to do? God wants to use the church to show the universe, not just other people, but the universe, his character of love by uniting us in Christ. So the world, the universe is waiting to see Is God really love? Is he going to live up to his claim? Is he going to settle the great controversy? How is he going to do that? He's going to do that through the collective body of the church. And this is why urban ministry, city ministry, and the Ephesus model is so important because we get to see how God accomplishes that. So God personally wants to use you. He wants to use your local youth group, your local uh, young adults, your church. The people that you have influence over and he wants you to communicate god's love to them so i want to give you guys a little uh information about how you can find out more about what we're doing so please go to adventist city ministries this is our sister uh <clears throat> our sister site our sister ministry and you'll find uh, a Bible study guide. There you'll find this, uh, most of this presentation that I gave today. There, and you can uh, learn more about the history. There's audio presentations. There we've had a conference in the past. Um, I believe we're going to have a conference coming up, 2019, uh, probably first quarter, sometime. Uh, we're going to get together. We're going to share. We're going to share the Ephesus model in further detail. Come together to pray. It's going to be wonderful. Now, one last thing, if you would like to learn more information about how you can get involved, please come see me, come see Doug. Um, Specifically at at Simplicity, we are are looking for people who are are self-supporting, people who are self-motivated, who want to uh, get involved with this ministry in a very uh, personal way, and also specifically bilingual couples Couples are, just like Aquila and Priscilla, just like the Haskells, we're looking for couples because we get to see what uh, a relationship within God, God's family looks like. So please come see us and I encourage you. Guys, uh, God wants to do an amazing thing in your life. He wants you to discover who Jesus is, uh, what what he means to you so that you can have a personal testimony and share with the world uh, who Jesus is. And then the mystery of God will be complete. So thank you so much for your time. And Andrew, before you go, can you read, um, what is that website? Um, com.
1: Okay, very good. And uh, I'm really excited about uh, the resources and the partnership with Pennsylvania Conference and this Urban Center of Influence. I had a chance to meet with the executive committee uh, just uh, a couple months ago uh, at Pennsylvania Conference, and their vision as a conference is to train 20,000 young adults. To meet the needs of their urban areas. And so this right now is an awesome direction. And if you would like to join this vision, uh, talk to Andrew or Pastor Gary Gibbs, who will be here at our booth or on Sabbath, anyway, to connect with what God is doing to reach the cities of Pennsylvania.
4: Amen. All right. Amen.
1: Praise God. All right, we'd like to invite our next team up. How many of you have been inspired? all right praise god you can see i'm uh, coming out of my seat as well it's it's <laughs> thrilling I, I want you to see um come while you're um, setting up your um, your team here i want you to see that each team has a a we saw in this last presentation the ephesus model and there's actually going to be a book that um uh, the uh, team in Uh, Allentown, uh, two brothers uh, who are dentists, uh, Dr. Jeff and Robert McCullough, they wrote a book and it's just now coming uh, to press. The first 100 copies should be here at GYC. So see Andrew at the booth and you can get a copy of that uh, to see how this plan that is outlined in scripture is our plan as Adventist movement here for working in in the cities in a holistic way. But this is another team here who I've personally uh, worked with uh, in the past, and I'm so glad that they can share, and we'll give the time to you.
5: Hi. We are um, Total Health Spokane, and we are working for two years in Spokane as, thank you, We are working with Total Health Spokane for working in Spokane for two years, um, basically as catalysts with the local church um, to make that connection with the community doing medical mi- ministry. Yeah. Um, in today's world, trying to evangelize only intellectually doesn't work, and that's not that's not the counsel that we've been given. But too often, that's what we see as evangelism. Um, so. We must find ways to connect with people in a personal and significant way, but not just um, not just the physical. We must find ways to bridge the spiritual too. Too often, we see one or the other, and it's it's sad to to see lopsided um, work so often. So we're we're trying prayerfully to bring the two together, um, at, according to the counsel that we've been given. Um, We are seeking to follow the methods outlined in Spirit of Prophecy, like um, we saw earlier mentioned by Andrew, Um, company evangelism, the team evangelism concept to specifically work in the cities, doing medical missionary work. And again, the idea is to find ways to connect with people personally, individually, Um, Coming close to the people and leading them to Christ. So we're all familiar with the term Christ method alone that brings true success. What does that actually look like? Um, So we are told in medical ministry that medical missionary work is the pioneer work of the gospel. She says remember that the restoration of the body prepares the way for the restoration of the soul. So they are connected. Um, What we are doing we have um, soon, we will have a clinic located inside our church. Um, Dr. John Torquato um, will be running that clinic, and Pastor Wayne Cablano here is the pastor of the church. So, we have a pastor-physician team, yeah. which is what Spirit of Prophecy counsels us to do. Um, the two should be connected. Um, so, it's a blessing to, to work with a pastor-physician team who are both committed to the combined um, work. So, when a patient comes in to our clinic with a lifestyle condition, we'll have a team of medical ministers. Um, a lot of us are here today. Our um, medical ministers there on site, and then we have available to the patients essentially an in-home sanitarium. So we'll go into we go into their homes. We're already working um, on a, a lower um, scale before the clinic. has has opened, so we're, we've been doing some of this already. Um, going into their homes, teaching them how to cook, helping them get on an exercise program, um, helping them learn how to have a healthy lifestyle. Sometimes people aren't sure how exactly to do it, or they maybe they know how to do it, but they need someone to come alongside them, walk through it with them as they're making those habit changes. Um, so we also bring church members with us so that we're building a lasting connection with the local church because we're only here for two years and we'd, we want it to be a lasting um, effect. We want the church members themselves to be connecting with the people that we're working with so that it's they're, they're making connections with the people that they're gonna be joining. Um, along with the daily contact, we have other um, programs that we um, conduct along with the church. We have cooking classes, dinner with the doctor, um, health programs, and then, of course, the spiritual. You know, we have Sabbath school classes oriented um, to the people that we're working with as well. Um, but we're trying to keep it sustainable so that it's it's sustainable over a long term. We're still learning where that balance is. Um, other methods that we're using are um, going door to door, doing surveys. We're going to be doing some cold porter work as well. And some occasional larger events, like um, health expos, to um, help bring the community into awareness of what we're doing. Um, so, the thing is, one of the one of the key things is our medical ministers. Are we each realize that our work is not successful unless we ourselves have a personal connection with Amen. Jesus?
6: Amen.
5: If we see this work as, you know, if we follow these methods, it's going to work without that actual connection with Christ in ourselves, that's that's not gonna work. <laughs> the whole purpose of medical ministry is connecting people with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so we emphasize in our team regularly, daily, we must have that personal connection with Jesus ourselves. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's nothing to connect people to. We're, we're broken in our connection with Christ and we can't. So um, we hold each other accountable to keeping that connection with Jesus strong and um, it's it's a um, it's a work that is sacrificial we're volunteering our time for two years um, we have to fundraise just as if we were going overseas and um, I've the Lord has blessed in my fundraising the Lord has provided um donations and pledges that mine is covered and I'm I'm praising the Lord for that so it's possible um, and I'd like Camelyn to share a little story about one of the um, glimpses of how this is actually working. Um, we've already had a few baptisms through. Um, we've we've only been on the ground in Spokane for for four months, and so the baptisms that have happened um, have been more of a gleaning of some of the work work that the church local church has been doing already, but it's been through the same methods. So Camelin's going to share a little bit about.
7: Working with. Okay, so I've been working with Mary, and um, I'm in her house da- or almost daily. Um, her blood sugars, when I first started working with her, were up in the 400s. Um, and you're supposed to have, like, in the 90s. Um, and so we were working through. We brought them down to, like, 200s, but we are still not getting there. Um, and then she went on this a diet or a fast and then, but her blood sugar still weren't going anywhere and so I sat down with her about three weeks ago and I was like, okay, how are you doing mentally? And she's like, well, I'm feeling sick so my brain's a little groggy. I was like, okay, how are you doing physically sick but overall okay. So I went down like everything and then I went, how are you doing spiritually? And she's like, well. and." Then we went off on this whole discussion about uh, the struggle she was having. Before, she was very um, connected with God, but she had struggled. And so I was like, okay, how can I help you? She's like, actually just talking with you has helped. Um, And so um, we continued working with her. And just this last week, her blood sugars were in the 90s. And yes, um, and she knows that it's only through God's power that she's doing this. It's not what the doctor has told her or uh, me going to her house. Um, it's, it is her connection. She's gained her power from God. And we asked her right before getting up here if we could use her name. And she said, yes, if you can get people to come and because she feels so loved by come, uh, me going in, feeling God's love. Um, That She's like, if you can get more people to do what you're doing, use me. (laughs) So, (laughs) that's the story.
8: Good morning, my name is Eric Kelly. I'm also a member of the team, and I was asked to share about needs. To give a little bit of a background behind that, I'll just share a little bit of my story. Someone that really likes to know what the spirit of prophecy says and the Bible says, and try to apply that because I feel like that's the most success that we're going to get. So when I was studying in the seminary, I came across a lot of statements and a lot of counsel on medical missionary work. So much so that I actually went into healthcare and became a nurse practitioner. And um, now I'm, I'm really blessed because at our in this program. We have a lot of open doors, and uh, we've got a church that is fully on board. We have a pastor who is passionate about medical evangelism. We have a physician that is like a pastor in a physician's clothes. And um, now there there are some challenges because this is kind of frontier work, and I kind of resonated with what Andrew said that it's kind of like, it's like Josiah finding the book of the law in the temple. You discover, it and you're like, wow, there's all these things that we had no idea we were supposed to be doing. And that's kind of what it's like. It's, it's kind of being, it's a resurrected work. Amen. Amen. So um, some of our needs, well, one thing that I'll share really quick that's kind of similar to, to Andrew's story um, is that sometimes people will be volunteering with us and that will actually lead them to want to be a part of us. We had someone who was attending an evangelistic series and kind of what, what kept her with us is our personal ministry to her. She has not gotten baptized because um, she's weighing through a decision right now between two different churches. But in our minds, we, we believe that she has been so... Blessed by the the giving nature that we have invited her to join us in ministry to do the very same things that we were doing for her. Amen. Of course, more along health lines rather than doctrinal because she's not ready for that. But this work has a lot of potential to be able to um, to bring people on board just just by by volunteering as well. Um, some of our needs, of course, we I encourage you to check out all these different ministries if you are feeling the call to ministry. I, I've been blessed by hearing what each of them have had to say. Some of our needs are, um, while we will we encourage anyone to join us, we could we could always use more workers. Some of the specific needs that we have are for people who have had prior experience in this type of ministry. Um, People that have, have been able to do cooking schools, have, have been able to lead um, anxiety or, or depression recovery programs. Uh, people that can bring uh, a certain skill set with them that, that, can, uh, that can help us in, in, in those areas. Um, we also have need of, um, of canvassers. We have need of people that can do Bible work. So if, uh, if, you're, if you at all resonate uh, with that, we invite you to come talk with us, myself, Dr. Torquato, Pastor Cablano, or any, any of the other team members. And uh, with that said, I'll turn it over to Dr.
6: Torquato. I suppose if I was to say what our greatest needs are right now, I would say that Our greatest need really is a culture of giving sacrifice, willingness to love people without return. Without the opportunity to get something in return, people look at you and they ask the question, why? And it is the why that is really the strength, the power of the work that is being done. We have to go at it right now as an experiment because, well, Um, it's not part of the culture where we're from, necessarily, to do the work that we're doing. And it would be so many naysayers, potentially, that would hold us back if it was an established work. So we can say, for two years, we're doing this and moving forward. One of the ladies who came into our church through a health program sat next to me one day, and she said, you know, doctor, I think I need to be baptized. And I asked her, why? Why would you be baptized? You've been with us for six months coming to Sabbath school, but you you don't even know the doctrines. And she says, Dr. Torquato, the way you people have loved me, I know that it can't be wrong. So I will learn about my new church, and then I will be baptized. She did learn about her new church. She was baptized and immediately wanted to go to work in the medical ministry. And in her words, to bring to others the work that brought her to Christ, she wanted to do the exact same work for others. She did that. She died this last year but she died a believer in Jesus Christ. In one year, she went that whole route of going from an unbeliever, unchurched, to somebody who was not only a Seventh-day Adventist, but a Seventh-day Adventist missionary, and a Seventh-day Adventist missionary who died in the gospel. This is the kind of thing that happens with the likes of these people. We need more like them. You see, these people come sacrificially and in love. They have no opportunity to gain from anything that they're, that they're devoting themselves to except souls in the kingdom. That is what we need. A culture of people throughout our entire church, through all these different ministries. We need that kind of culture in order to be able to finish this work. And if that is an interest of yours and you'd like to hear more about it, Come to the um, the booth that is uh, at uh, in the uh, in the hall, and uh, there's about I think five or six, seven ministries there, and come talk to us, and uh, and we'll have the opportunity. What's that? The oh, the website totalhealthspokane.com. If you're interested in looking into our program, totalhealthspokane.com.
9: I'd like to uh, invite you to, there, on this aisle, or down uh, these chairs on the, on the aisle there, there's a brochure and there's a card. would like to invite you to just pass those down the rows, and uh, each one of you take one, if you would. And the website is on that, on the back side there. There's also a uh, an email address, it's called medical ministry at gmail.com it's full of all kinds of study material that would be very helpful to you and I would like to invite you to take this little response sheet and fill it out and hand it to one of the team members uh, before you leave here today in fact I'm going to ask some of the team members to be in the back if you could uh, be back there to pick those up I had the privilege just uh, a couple of weeks ago to baptize a lady that we've been working with for at least six years. Wow. This is a lady that is probably probably the most damaged human being wow. that I have ever witnessed, mm-hmm. and to, to witness her slowly opening her heart to the gospel. Amen. Slowly Amen. opening her life. And she took her stand. She's the only Seventh-day Adventist in her entire family. Mm-hmm. Her husband is very much against her. Mm-hmm. Yet, because of the support, the love, and the encouragement of the church and, and uh, the ministry of Total Health Spokane, she was willing and able to take that stand Amen. for Jesus. Amen. And so we want to invite you to be part of this ministry. Amen. One other thing that was not mentioned that I wanted to mention also is that what we're doing is, is a four-month cycle of evangelism. Mm. Every four months, we repeat it. So we not only have health classes, we not only go into the homes, but we have evangelism taking place every week.) Amen. Uh, So we're connecting the people to Jesus Christ, to the word of God, to the message that he has given to us for this day, for our world today. And uh, it was mentioned earlier, read earlier, when the cities are worked, when what is worked? When the cities are worked. And then there's a qualification. Do you know what that is? As God what? As God would have them. Amen. In other words, using God's plan, using God's methods. When the cities are worked as God would have them, there would be setting in motion a mighty movement Amen. such as never yet been witnessed. Amen. How many want to be part of that movement? Let me see your hands. Amen. That movement is none other than the latter rain of the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen. It. And that has to take place before Jesus comes.
1: Amen. Amen.
9: Do you want Jesus to come?
1: Yes. Praise God.
9: I invite you, take a stand, get involved, do the work that God is calling you to do.
1: Amen. Thank you, Pastor Wayne. And thank you to each of the presenters in our uh, remaining few moments, uh, any questions from the audience? If you have a question, please uh, stand and say it, and then we'll repeat it, and then, uh, so, go ahead. Uh, my name is JR. I just want to ask, you, know, you have a at the
6: Upper
1: Conference? So, yeah, Upper Columbia Conference, uh, yeah. Columbia conference. Right. Uh,
6: I'm from Southern California Conference.
1: Okay, JR is from Southern California Conference, if and if we were to California approach our conference, uh, about this, how
0: would we go, about, would
1: we go about that? Okay, so uh, Pastor Ted Huskins, you Executive Secretary of Northern England Conference, what advice would you have for this uh, um, young
2: person? That's an excellent question. What you need to do is you need to um, schedule an appointment first of all probably with the evangelism director of your conference um, or with uh, conference administration your, your president, one of your executive secretaries or vice presidents for the uh, Southern California Conference, and um, just share with them in a nutshell what your passion and your heart is. Um, I think every conference is looking for, for people who are Amen. committed Amen. to making a difference. Yes. Um, certainly Northern New England, Pennsylvania, and Upper Columbia aren't the only conferences that have needs for young people, and, and we're not here to, to pretend that that's the case. Yeah. Um, so I, w- I would go to your local conference and um, tell them you, you want to be a missionary. You want to get involved, and this is where you feel like God is leading you. Amen. And um, you know, they will they will help you. They'll counsel with you and, and help you take it from there.
1: I know from the division uh, since I uh, work uh, directly with the divisions from the GC. Uh, North America Division has a church planting uh, initiative called Plant 1000. And so that's something right now that uh, you can talk to your local uh, leadership at the conference and at the union level to say, how can we be a part of this church planting movement? And that you've heard from three conferences. GYC only limited, because I had three other conferences, but GYC limited me today or uh, this year only to three. So that's why um, <laughs> Upper Columbia, Pennsylvania, and Northern New England Conference. Any other questions? Excellent question. Did that answer your question? Okay, mm-hmm. perfect. Next question. I'm Dr. Carol I'm, uh, Dr. Doctor, uh, I'm Dr. Carol Richardson, OBGYN, and I'm and I saw what you guys did. We had the, uh, there. My situation is I'm now in Mississippi as a physician. The situation is quite different.
0: African American, sicker, Mississippi sicker than the sickest, okay? I'm in practice now, OBGYN, Working with um, getting ready to do something like this, my issue is it's not secular. It is very deeply spiritual. So Bible bell. I can't. I I go to uh, what do you call it Um, Sunday churches? I'm at a 3,000 member Sunday church right now. They get. I have a meeting with the pastor on when I go back to do health evangelism. I don't tell them I'm a Seventh Day Adventist. Once Once you say Seventh Day Adventist. Our reputation in the community is horrible. They close up, and we have to deal with that. So I need Caucasians, wonderful, but in our area, in Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, we need this same thing. What we're doing in the city, but we need it among our own.
1: Thank you, Doctor, for making that call. I know that um, I was so thrilled by UIC leadership's uh, adjustment in their strategy. For mission, that's where I—at least during this seminar from three frontline entities who are appealing for you as young adults to engage in this uh, uh, urban mission. Our time is up. Please check uh, uh, check us out at the booth uh, to learn more. But uh, as we dismiss, uh, let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this uh, time where we had a chance to hear your call to the cities. And so I just ask that your spirit will move on those hearts as they heard uh, these thrilling opportunities and more, that you will move on each one so that way they can take action and be faithful to your call, to enter into your joy of soul winning and here at the last days to then make disciples as we meet needs through centers of influence and plant new groups of believers. This is my prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you. This message was recorded at the GYC 2017 Conference Arise in Phoenix, Arizona. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.